listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Welcome back. We also have a special thank you for Adele and David for joining us for uh, David's mental health uh, session there. We always appreciate what he has to say about mental health and relationships and so forth. And uh, yeah, what a great... uh, Introduction to the day. Now, Christopher, we have our quiz. Indeed we do. And nobody's called in yet. So, listen. Our questions must be too hard. Maybe they are. I don't know. Well, I reckon I have faith. I have faith in the... Okay, so let me let me ask you honestly. If I'd have just given you the top clue, would you have been able to get it? Maybe not. I would have. I know I would have got it on the second clue, but probably not the first one. It is. So maybe maybe a third clue will a third help. Third clue. Third clue. Here it comes. Here we are. So what am I? Solomon tested himself with this to find out what is good, but proved to be meaningless. Mm-hmm. Yep. Second clue. Proverbs twenty one seventeen tells us that the person who loves this will become poor. And our third clue. This is brand new. The widow who lives for this is dead. While she lives, the widow who lives for this is dead. While she lives, so make sure to call us in at one eight hundred three two. We are challenging people this morning. I, I, I wouldn't get it on that third clue. I would not get it on the third one. It's I'd get tricky. it on the second one because I know that verse. Yeah, the widow who lives for this is dead while she lives. That's an yeah. obscure one. <laughs> that's obscure. That's it. Yeah. So time to do some research. Go digging through your Bible. Find us the answer and shoot us that answer on. What are our details there? We have uh, call us in at one eight hundred three two four eight four three, or feel free to text us in at zero four nine one zero six four six six. Nine. Fantastic. And of course, if you are listening to the delayed broadcast, don't forget that you can listen to us live at Faith FM Australia. Sorry, sorry, faithfm.com.au or on your phone, tablet, etc. on the TuneIn app, uh, Faith FM Australia. Just simply search for Faith FM Australia and you can listen to the live show. Ooh. So we do have um, a, quite a, a large audience of delayed listeners And uh, we would love to have you listening to our live show So if you're able to uh, tune in that way then that's fantastic And uh, yes, God willing, one of these days we will be live across all of our transmitters Wouldn't yes, that be a fantastic idea Now, we were talking about the subject of death We told, we told everybody, yes, for breakfast this morning We're going to talk <laughs> about death and so we are. But we're looking at the positive side of death. We left off yesterday talking about the story of Lazarus. And this is one of my favorite uh, passages in the Bible, one of the greatest miracles that Jesus did. And just to recap very quickly, we find that Lazarus was not well. Uh, Jesus was in a far part of the country. Messengers were sent to Jesus, come and heal Lazarus because he's sick. And Jesus does nothing. And then after a little while, Jesus travels. Jesus comes to his disciples and says, we're going to go to see Lazarus. We're going to go and wake him up. And, <laughs> um, and, 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 and his disciples are like, don't wake him up. If he's, if he's sick and he's sleeping, that means he'll get better. He's like, no, 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 no. He's actually dead. Mm. And so Jesus here is teaching us, this whole story teaches us some important lessons about what happens when a person dies. Now, Martha... Martha was somebody who loved Jesus, who loved her brother Lazarus, who was heartbroken when her brother died. Jesus travels there, and when he's getting close, the news goes faster than Jesus does, and she goes out to meet Jesus. Here is somebody who has been learning at the feet of Jesus. So she knows the truth, right? She does, yeah. She does. Okay. So let's see what Martha has to say. Uh, John chapter 11, and I wonder whether you could read for us. Uh, verse 23. 
Christopher, have you got uh, verse 23 for us, please? says, whoever... Sorry, oh, John chapter 11? John chapter 11. Yeah, I was going to say, I shouldn't start with whoever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, verse 23. Uh, whoever is not with me is against me. No, nope, still not in John chapter 11. I'm in Luke chapter 11. <laughs> I was going to say, still not there. Still not there. <laughs> All right, here we go. I know my Bible. I'm stu- this is why we study ministry, so we <laughs> no, can navigate our Bible. Yeah, he's already done a year in theology, and, and he can't find the difference between Luke, Luke and John. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, John chapter 11, verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Okay, notice here that Jesus is comforting Martha. Mm. Okay, and, and imagine, place yourself in the shoes of Jesus. You're traveling to a friend who has just lost their brother, and you want to say some words of comfort. What is the normal thing that people normally say to a Christian person today when they've just lost their brother? Oh. They're, you know, up in heaven watching or something like that. I hear these things all the time. I do. Yeah. And and I don't I don't want to be insensitive here because what I'm going to show you from the Bible is actually something way better than that. For sure. You know, because I, I've had people come to me and, you know, my mother passed away when I was young and they're like, oh, she's in a better place now. She's right there with Jesus. And, 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 and the first thing that goes through my mind is, well, I hope she doesn't have to see what we have to go through here on this earth yeah. and compare it with where she is in paradise. You know, because we went through a pretty hard time after my mum died. Anyway, but um, Jesus doesn't say that, does he? No, he says she'll rise again, which, as you said, isn't a typical response that no, you would hear. he doesn't say she's... he. Sorry, she, he. <laughs> Jesus does not say that Lazarus is in heaven. Jesus does not say that Lazarus is in a better place. Jesus does not say that Lazarus is with God. Jesus says, Lazarus, Lazarus will rise again. So if Lazarus is going to rise again, then what does that tell us about where Lazarus is? Mm. And, and furthermore, to add to that, when is this rise going to happen as well? Oh, very good question. Very good question. And, of course, Martha answers that because Martha has been listening at the feet of Jesus. You know, She's one of his most avid students. What does she say? Verse 24. She says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Okay, so why doesn't Jesus stop there and say, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. He's actually already alive. He's still alive. He's in heaven. Why doesn't Jesus correct Martha? She must be saying the right thing, right? She's got Absolutely. Some, she's got some good theology. She's got, some, she's got a good head. <laughs> she just agreed with Jesus. But, yeah, know, that's you true. Can't, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. really go wrong with that, can you? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so if Jesus says that your brother will rise again, the only way you can rise is if you are down mm. in the grave. That's it. So here's what we have so far, that Jesus has taught us about Lazarus. Jesus has taught us that Lazarus is sleeping in the grave. So the first thing he says about Lazarus is Lazarus is sleeping. The second thing he says is that Lazarus is, you know, by implication, in the grave. Mm. Okay, so we flick over two or a few more verses down to, uh, hmm, verse 43. Christopher, give us a little bit of background to verse 43. Whereabouts is Jesus when verse 43 takes place? So Jesus, he's, him and his disciples, they've now decided to go and meet Lazarus and they've met Mary, Martha, as we spoke about before. And so now Jesus has just approached the tomb of Lazarus uh, and he says to actually roll away the stone that uh, of the tomb that Lazarus was in. Mm-hmm. And it, even in fact, you know, everyone advises Jesus, probably not a good idea. He's been in there a few days. Four. Four. Four days. Four days. 
yeah, maybe not the best idea, yeah, dear yeah, Jesus, no. but Jesus says, no, roll it away. Um, and he's ready to perform a miracle. Mm-hmm. That's basically where mm-hmm. we're starting now as we get into verse 43. Okay, read that verse for us. And so here's what Jesus says. says, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Okay, I want you to notice three very important things that Jesus says right here. First of all, Jesus says, Lazarus. Why do you think that might be important? What if if Jesus just said, come forth, rather than saying, Lazarus, come forth? It's a bit uh, unspecific, a bit vague. (laughs) Okay, and of course, the creative power of God coming through Jesus If Jesus had not specified Lazarus, it would have brought to life every single person who had ever died. This is why it was so important. He was specific. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So if Jesus had not been specific... The whole human race that had died would have come forth. So I think that's a really important thing. Okay, so then the second thing, important thing is that Jesus says, Lazarus, or your translation, mine says, come forth. That's old English. I love old English. It's kind come of cool. forth. Come <laughs> forth. It's so powerful. It's like, you know, this was, this was, this was crafted to be read out loud. Mm. And it, even come forth, it sounds a bit more regal and a bit more of a yeah, 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 a yeah, bit that's more right. authority yeah. to it. I like that. Yep. Okay, so you've got, uh, what does is, what is yours say there? Uh, it just says, come out. Come out. So, okay. Yeah, come out from the tomb. What does that imply about where Lazarus is? Well, so he's inside the tomb, as we said, he's asleep in the grave. And yeah. here's Jesus saying, all right, Lazarus, come out of that grave. Okay, two things that Jesus does not say. Jesus does not say, Lazarus, come down. Why not? He mustn't be in heaven, right? Surely you would say Jesus, that otherwise. second important thing that Jesus does not say is, Lazarus, come up. Why not? He's not coming up from... Some other place. He's down, not down in. He's not, he's not up in heaven. No. He's not down in hell. He is right there in front of him in the grave. And here's an interesting thing about uh, Jewish burial customs: they love to bury in a cave mm. rather than six feet under, like um, we might do, or a cremation, like we might do in Western society. They like to bury in a crypt or a cave. And so Lazarus is buried right there in the cave, and Jesus says, "Come out," because that's where he was. Pretty simple, straightforward. <laughs> now, would this have been a good idea or a positive thing? Okay, so before I ask this question, was this a positive thing for Lazarus? Oh, for sure. I'd say so. Yeah, I think Se- so too. Second chance at life. If I'd have been dead, that would be like, you know, that's a very positive thing. Okay, would it have been positive if Lazarus, La- La- Lazarus <laughs> had been in heaven? See... Now, that's a different question altogether. I would not have been quite as happy if I was in heaven and then all of a sudden Jesus says, hey, Lazarus, come back down to earth. We're like, mm, no, 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 no. Can I please stay up here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, y- y- the other thing that you would expect to read, of course, would be the story, the testimony of somebody who'd spent four days in heaven. Yeah. You know, I, if, I was, if I had been to heaven, I, that would be the number one sermon I preached, that would be written about, that would be... Uh, you know, you've got the you've got the testimony of someone who is raised from the dead. Something that doesn't happen very often. Here, you have the testimony of somebody who is dead for four days. That's a fair chunk of time. You would think that would be a sensational story to tell. Yeah, and yet we have nothing in there. You've got stories of of say Ezekiel and John and Paul, all who saw heaven in vision. 
and it had an incredibly massive impact on them and they write you know all of these amazing details of what happened and it's just like wow that's so mind-blowing i read read ezekiel chapter one sometime it would just it will melt your brain Mm. it is just the most you know you've got this picture here ezekiel is describing something that you know he doesn't actually have words in his language. It's indescribable, yeah. Yeah, that he can, is like, uh, it's kind of like this, you know. Yeah. It's the nearest <laughs> I can get to is it kind of look like this. But how do I describe this, you know? This is, this is something so different. And I think that's also interesting. Later on, you read that the religious leaders of the time, they actually plotted to kill Lazarus mm-hmm. to uh, basically make, the, make it out that Jesus hadn't brought him back from the dead. But that's their plot. It's not... Let's kill him so that he can stop talking about you know his trip to heaven. There's no mention of that at all. No, no, even. no, no. Like you think total silence. There total is. silence. You think there'd be a mention of that again, but instead it's just like no, kill him just so it looks like Jesus didn't bring him back to life. Not that he brought him back to life and has this crazy testimony about heaven. No, no such claim is made either. Okay, so while you were sleeping last night, Christopher, tell me all of the things that you were uh, doing and experiencing. Oh, I'm one of those people who I wake up. And the minute I open my eyes, dreams are gone. I have no memory of what my <laughs> dreams were. And I think I'm thinking better off that way. Dreams yeah, can be weird. Yeah, they are, they are, they are. Okay, so when you're sleeping, sometimes you dream and sometimes you can remember them and sometimes you don't. You have that really sound sleep. Yeah, yeah. Death is obviously that really sound sleep. Mm. And this is why when Lazarus comes back to life, there is nothing. There is no testimony. There is no story. There is simply nothing to tell. Because he was sleeping in the grave waiting for the resurrection, which in this case came four days later. Ah, and our, the uh, person Solomon in our What Am I quiz question uh, wrote something similar. He said, the dead know nothing mm. in the book of Ecclesiastes. We read that yesterday. Absolutely. Ah, look at that. I'm yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the dead know nothing. They have nothing more to do with anything that is done under the sun. They have no more love, nor hatred, nor envy, nor any of these kind of things. There is just none of this happening. Yeah, that's it. And uh, so the, the Bible is very, very clear on this. Let's go over to... Ah, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to read here about the last trumpet. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and let's read, let's start in verse 51 when you get there for us, please, Christopher. Sure thing. So, 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 51, says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye... Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Oh, okay. Yep. Spoilers. Spoilers, stop there for a moment, because I want to just uh, remind you that if you have questions on this subject or any other Bible subject, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669. This is uh, your opportunity to be able to ask questions about the Bible or any other subject in relationship to the Bible, and we will do our answer. Our, uh, we will do our answer. <laughs> we will do our best to find you an answer. So I know for many of you, this might be a new concept. The dead are asleep in the grave, waiting for the resurrection. If you want to know more about it, give us a call. You know our number, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Okay, now you can continue reading where it says, we will all be changed. When does this happen? It's uh, The indication is given that this is at the last day that Martha was talking about Mm -hmm. uh, in the book of... uh, Back in the story of Lazarus. Give us us two more verses. Let's have a look. It says... in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. 
Fantastic. The Bible says that the change takes place when we receive immortality. The timing of that is the last trumpet. Mm. It's the return of Christ. And if you want to read about the last trumpet, you can go to Matthew chapter 24. The Bible tells you exactly when this trumpet sounds. Matthew chapter 24, and you can read in verse 30, the Bible says, Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then all of the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. They will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. His righteous, the Bible says. If you want to know when the last trumpet is, that is the resurrection of the last day that Martha had so much hope in. That was where her hope was. First uh, Corinthians chapter 4, sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. There's your last trumpet. Mm. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. This is when the resurrection takes place. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, the Bible says, together with them to be with the Lord forever. And then it says, wherefore, comfort one another with this passage. Yeah, the hope. Of the resurrection. That's it. Now, I've been to lots of funerals. Mm. And I never hear people reading that passage. The thing that I often hear at funerals over and over again is people saying, your relative is in a better place. They're, in, they're, they're, they're with Jesus right now. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Don't comfort one another with that. Comfort one another with the promise of the resurrection that takes place at the second coming when Jesus returns. So we've got some incredible promises of Scripture that we can look at, and we're going to look at a whole bunch more as we work through our encounter with God today. Don't forget to give us a call, 1-800-324-843, if you have a question on this or any other subject that you would like us to talk about. I have lost my appetite And the flood is welling up behind my eyes so I eat the tears I cry And if that were not enough They know just the words To cut and tear and prod When they ask me where's your God Why are you down? Cast, oh my soul Why so disturbed within me I can remember when you Showed your face to me As a deer pants for water So my soul thirsts for you And when I behold your glory so faithfully renewed like a bed of rest for my fainting flesh I am satisfied in you when I'm staring at the ground it's an inbred feedback loop that brings me down So it's time to lift my brow 
And remember better days When I love to worship you In all your ways With the sweetest songs of praise Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your grace to me As a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you And when I survey your splendor, you so I am satisfied in you. Let my sighs give way to songs that sing about your faithfulness. Let my pain reveal your glory as my only real rest. Let my losses show me all I truly suffer in my place and to tell me that I'm safe so why am I down why so disturbed I am satisfied I am satisfied in you I am satisfied in you I am satisfied in you I am satisfied We were just listening to the Sing Team, Satisfied in You. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88. Positively different radio in the morning. 
and you're with Lyle and Christopher here on The Breakfast Show. And at this particular time, I want to just mention very quickly, if you have a Bible question or there is something in your mind that you would like to ask us about, then give us a call on 1-800-324-843. We are about to come up to our question and answer time Exciting. where we will where we'll do our question of the day. So we've got a number of questions coming in and we will choose one of those for you. Um, you can also text us on 0491-064-669. And for those who are listening to the delayed broadcast, don't forget that you can listen to us live online at faithfm.com.au or using the TuneIn app, Faith FM Australia. So, Christopher, we got a, the subject of death. It's a good one. It's a good one. See, I've just been... I like what we've been talking about, about the sleep and this, mm-hmm. this hope of the resurrection. Just one story comes to mind, and maybe you can help me kind of navigate this and answer it for me a bit. Sure. Uh, there's a story in the Bible in which uh, this king, he goes, he wants to seek advice and counsel on this war he's about to face, mm-hmm. and he wants to talk to this prophet, but mm-hmm. the prophet's dead. Okay. So what does he do? This is, this is Saul, by the way. Yes. This, about? Is, Saul. this yep. is King uh-huh. Saul. So he goes to yep. this medium. And he asks her to basically bring up, uh, contact the spirit of this dead prophet Samuel. And mm-hmm. sure enough, she does her magic. She brings up this spirit and it looks like Samuel and it speaks like Samuel. And Saul listens to this spirit who looks and sounds like Samuel. Mm-hmm. So how would we explain this? Because it appears as though the, there's there's been a rise before this Second coming. Yes, this is a very good question because we've been talking about how um, how that uh, you know, when a person dies, they sleep in the grave. They don't know anything, um, and they wait there until the resurrection. You know, the Bible says, you know, the day is coming which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and come forth. And you can't come forth out of the grave if you're already in heaven. Yes. <laughs> um, and we pointed out yesterday how that uh, the word soul and the word spirit are mentioned seventeen more than 1,700 times in the Bible, which gives God a lot of opportunity to tell us that the soul or the spirit are immortal and there's no such verse anywhere in Scripture. Mm. So we've been establishing this very, very clearly and solidly from the Bible, but we have this story of the Witch of Endor. And it's a very infamous story. And of course, witchcraft was something that was outlawed in Israel. Um, God had outlawed it from the nation of Israel. Um, it was something that existed in surrounding nations, but God says, no, in this particular nation, this is something that you won't practice. And so anybody who was involved in that had been you know, expelled from the nation, etc. So if we go to 1 Samuel, let's go to 1 Samuel, let's look at this story in a little bit more detail. First uh, Samuel uh, chapter, ooh, where are we? We're 20, in 28. 28. 28. Uh, it be, the story really begins in verse 3. There's a couple of key thoughts. In verse 6, you find that God is refusing to talk to Saul. So here's the first important clue. God has cut off communication with Saul because Saul has been living an evil life. Mm. God's like, I, I, I can't talk to you. I have nothing to say to you. You've, you've, you've cut yourself off from me. So God is not talking to Saul. That's the, that's the first thing. Then if you go down to um, verse 9, uh, we find here the woman said to him, Behold, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off those that have familiar spirits and wizards or witches out of the land. Um, why do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? She's a little bit worried, you know. (laughs) Am I going to die if I get caught out for practicing witchcraft? Yeah, yeah. And so 
we know that Saul has now gone to the dark side. Yeah, he's gone against his own rules. He has gone to something that God has said, this is from Satan. So he, God is not talking to him in verse 6. In verse 9, he's like, okay, if God is not talking to me, I'll talk to Satan. Mm, he, it's a last, last resort. Yeah, that's bitch. right. That's yeah. right. This is, this, is, this is the direction he's going. Okay, then we go down a few more verses. And, of course, uh, the witch does her thing. And there are some spirits that turn up. And, but Saul can't see them. So, Saul, so the king said to her, don't be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw gods coming up out of the earth. And so she sees these spirits arising out of the earth. And, and Saul's like, well, what can you see? Saul can't see anything. He doesn't see Samuel. That's important in this passage. He does not see Samuel. Interesting. The woman sees spirits coming out of the earth. Then we go down a little bit further. Next verse it says, And he said unto her, What form? And she said, I see an old man come up, uh, covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. He doesn't see Samuel. Yeah, he's just taking a, he's like, an account from her. She can see an old man covered with a mantle. Yeah, that must be Samuel. <laughs> Convincing enough. Not a very okay, good disguise. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very, very clearly, Saul has gone from God's side to Satan's side. Is Samuel, righteous Samuel, going to respond? Let's say that he is still alive. Is he going to and in heaven? Let's say he's alive and in heaven. Is righteous Samuel going to respond to, and is God, would God even allow it, righteous Samuel to respond to the call of a Satanist? By no means, no. No, not at all. Not, not at all. No, 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 no. And, and I don't mean this to, 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 uh, to in any way um, you know, disparage people that choose to choose that religion. Everybody has freedom of religion. And, sure. and I've met you know many lovely people that are into witchcraft. I've met um, you know some great people even that are into Satanism. Yeah. Um, but the Bible is very strongly against this, and because the Bible is very strongly against it, from a religious perspective, I'm very strongly against it as well. I'm like, no, yeah. this is this is not the path that we should be going. <clears throat> but anyway, moving on from there, righteous Samuel would not respond to something that you know a call of Satan. The next thing is this. Where does the woman, the witch, see Samuel coming from? This is from coming up from out of the earth. From the out of the, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Righteous Samuel the prophet coming up from the ground? Yes. He's telling me that he's down in hellfire? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really match up with... It doesn't match up. There is nothing in this story that makes sense to the concept of the immortality of the soul. Everything's a little bit off, isn't it? It's all a little bit off. This is very, very clearly something that Satan is involved in. This is the dark side. This is uh, witchcraft. This is spiritism. And this is an evil spirit that has come back to try and deceive. Interesting. So really, uh, there you get your explanation for how it is then that we can have this idea of the, the dead being asleep and then navigating around these more difficult stories where it seems like they're coming up and awake, but clearly, as, as, we, as you said, like everything's a little bit off. So yeah. yeah, whenever you find a difficult passage of Scripture, all you really need to do is to... Um, all, all, all you need to do is to um, you know, look for a little bit of context. By the way, we have a caller who's come through for our quiz question. Oh. And they've sent it by text this time. So, Michael from Gippsland, the answer to the question is... Pleasure. Ooh. He who loves pleasure shall be a poor man. Oh, by the way, here's a fun fact. 
I'm ready. Hit me. Do you know what the marginal reference for the word pleasure is? If you look it up in your. If you've got a marginal reference, look up the word pleasure there in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 17, and it is sport. Oh. Yeah. Have you noticed that sport has become the god of Australia? It is quite, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And you might not become poor financially, but you will definitely become poor spiritually if you choose another god. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying it's not. Uh, I'm not saying it's a, a bad thing to go out and have some fun and to uh, kick a ball around and do that kind of stuff on occasions. But if we make that our god, we got a problem. And so many people do. Um, that's kind of the the nature of the culture in which we live today. Don't forget to give us a call if you have a question or if you'd like to make a comment. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. At this time, we're going to listen to Fernando Ortega.
Peter Watson. I'm sure, like me, at some time you have asked these questions. Does God exist? Is there anyone out there? And is God for real? As an atheist for years, my answer to those questions was no. But since then, I've had to reconsider the evidence. Evidence that points to a God of reason, science, love, and hope. I'm inviting you to discover these answers for yourself in my exciting new series entitled, Is God for Real? Beginning 7 p.m. Friday, February 23, at the Walls End Seventh-day Adventist Church. Visit isgodforreal.com.au for more details. That's isgodforreal.com.au. You're with Neil Thompson on Love Matters. Yesterday, we're talking about, you know, who should we talk to for approval of relationships that we might be in. And one of the things that we actually noticed is what, are, what happens if... Um, your your potential in-laws actually don't like you. What if they give you grief? In fact, that's such a, a common thing that, that people have is that they even talk about it in, in relationships. Oh, yeah, I've got trouble with the, the mother-in-law, you know. Well, it is a thing. It does happen and it happens to far too many people. Um, is that a deal breaker? Does that mean the relationship is over? No, it doesn't. But it is a complicating factor that needs to be handled and, and dealt with. One of the things I think in this space, just to backtrack just a a smidge, is to recognize that the way your partner treats his or her parents is a big indication of ultimately the way they are respectful to people in general. So if someone doesn't respect their parents, then the likelihood is that in future – that you need to have some doubts about whether they will be respectful of you. And I think that's an important thing here. Now, if, however, the his or her parents are being unreasonable and very demanding and so on, which is symptomatic of some underlying um, psychology that's not going well, you know, and here, you know, we could think of um, an enmeshed relationship or... Um, you know, something along those sort of lines, then in that case, you know, that, that's something that might need some more professional help. But, but if it's just, yeah, there's a, there's a few hiccups and, and so on, then I think as a couple, you could actually really work with that. And you could actually, you know, if your mum and dad are giving you issues with a, a person that you're in a relationship with, just say, hey, what's the deal here? What is going on? And, you know, have the freedom to actually talk with them about it and say, hey, you know, I really like this person. Is there something about this person that you don't like? And they might go, yeah, there is. You know, spiritually, they're not in the right place for you. Or um, intellectually, they, they don't appear to be a good match or whatever it is, you know, and just begin to unpack that. And then you can actually express to them, well, actually, I really like them for these reasons. And you can outline those reasons and then you can have a conversation around it. And at the heart of that conversation is if this is a person that you really love and that really matters to you, then you can express to them, hey, I really love this person. I'd really appreciate it if you could try as well and if we could actually make this relationship work. I admit that those kind of conversations are difficult. Um, If you've got parents who are well-balanced, it'll be an easy conversation. And if they're well-balanced, then they'd be supportive anyway, generally speaking. If they're not... um, that supportive or they're not that well balanced then that's going to be a difficult conversation and yet it's one that would be well worth having um 
if for no other reason, at least that you are beginning to establish the boundaries around the quality of relationship you want to have. Boundaries in relationships are important. They actually say, hey, you know, I'm leaving home and I'm forming new relationships. It's appropriate. It should happen. And in that space, you actually need the freedom to be able to to love and explore with support from your parents. It's not unreasonable experience that level of support so go and ask for it if it's not happening talk about why it's not happening and explore it and the more you do that the more you can actually begin to get your parents to track towards being an ally of yours a support for you in your relationship also listen out for their advice, listen out for their comments about what's right and what's wrong because they might have more wisdom than you could actually um, give credit for. So that's all we have time for today. We look forward to catching up with you again on Love Matters sometime soon. Stick around. We've got so much more coming up on Faith FM. Uh, quiz section our question and answer time I should say and of course if you have a question then give us a call on 1-800-324-843 here on Faith FM or 1-800-FAITH-FM and we can answer your question here we have a question that is coming from a listener and our question is this one Christopher uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here it is, right here. Hmm. How can we recognize the voice of God? Mm. Well, I don't know about you, Lyle, but when I'm hanging out with my friends, mm. I find that if somebody asks this question, hey, what should we do this afternoon? I can immediately predict what some of my friends are going to say. Some are going to say, let's go grab pizza. Others are going to go, let's go to the beach. And, or even uh, jokes. Somebody will say a joke, and then in my head, I immediately think to myself, all right, this friend is going to say this line now. Two seconds later, he goes and says the line. It becomes really easy to predict your friends when you spend yeah, so I have, time I have some friends, if I ask, what are we going to do this afternoon? They're like, oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? I'm like, oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? It just becomes a suspicious yeah, yeah, cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I find it, it kind of works in the same way with God. With God, you have a personal relationship with him. And as you spend more time getting to know God, you get to know his voice better. The more you spend time with God, the better you get to know him. Mm-hmm. And so I find that, yeah, as you progress that relationship, it becomes easier to recognize what God's voice is and practice how Practice listening it. to the voice of God. Exactly. And so, uh, of course, the most immediate and probably obvious way is to read through the Bible, which is God's written word to all yes. of us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think God can even communicate in different ways, such as through people. Sometimes, uh, you know, God might impress upon somebody to say something to you, or uh, even a, a series of events like... Um, God just sets up these things for you. You can see God's hand working in your life and you're able to identify it and you can kind of begin to see where God is taking you. You go, okay, God, I, like, I've seen the pattern of how you've worked in my life in the past and I'm seeing it repeat now again as uh, in the present and you can kind of begin to see where God's going. But again, that's another thing that happens after spending more time with God. You've had a history yeah. with God and you begin to understand how he thinks and what his voice sounds like. I, I think one of the important ways that God speaks to us is through our conscience. Indeed, yeah. Uh, which you've just alluded to. Let me just um, expand a little bit more on that because often I've had people have come to me and they'll say like, you know, I've never heard the voice of God. I'm like, all right, that's an interesting thought. Uh, let me ask you this. Let's say that you're um, scrolling through Facebook one time and you click on a link and it's one of those clickbait things that baits <laughs> you to go and, and, and you know, you, you, you look at your little, uh, your little video clip or whatever and then at the bottom of it there's all kinds of 
trash and filth that they're oh, advertising. Yeah. Those great ads, yeah. And, um, and, and maybe there's an ad for some pornography and you see the ad there for something that is pornographic. What did God say? And they immediately say, oh, God said, God said, don't look. Yeah. You just heard the voice of God. That's it. You heard the voice of God speaking to your conscience. And what we need to do is to practice recognizing the voice of God when God speaks to us and listening to it. Because as you practice and as you listen it, you become more attuned to hearing the voice of God. Mm. The other thing I always do as well, uh, when I begin the day, I want to be able to know when God's communicating to me because I want to do what he says. Mm. And so in my prayers each morning, I'll ask God, hey, God, give me the wisdom and the discernment to be able to recognize when you are talking to me. Yeah, yeah. Help me help me to be able to recognize that so I don't mm-hmm. miss like the opportunities that you give me in the day to, you know, do something good for someone else or to share a little bit about my faith. Help me to have that understanding because I want to do what you say, you know? One of the greatest ways that God speaks to me is through nature. Mm. And um, when I can, I love to get the opportunity to get out amongst nature because you know, most of nature, even though it is marred by sin and the curse rests heavily upon it, there is still so much of it that speaks to speaks to me of God and tells me about God, tells me about his character, tells me about his creativity and his power. Mm. And, you know, we are surrounded by so many opportunities right there for uh, God's voice to be heard that we often ignore. And nature is one of those things that it is important that I think we, we need to study it. We need to investigate it. We need to science and, 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 and the study of, you know, of, of the natural world within science is, is one of those things that is so important. I don't think that there's any stone that we should leave uh, mm. not turned over. You learn a lot about an artist by looking at their art. You learn a lot about the creator, looking at his creation. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good way of putting it. I, I, I do enjoy that. So maybe you should spend some time out in creation today. See what you can learn about the character of God. We're going to move on right now with Maranatha Music. Great is your faithfulness. Pardon 
were just listening to Maranatha Music. Great is your faithfulness here on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88 right across Australia. We've come to that part of the show, Christopher, where we get to give something away. We, We love you as our listener and we like to reward you. And so we're going to give something away at this particular time. And so you need to get ready with your phone to give us a call on 1-800-324-843 or to send us a text if you are feeling lucky on 0491-064-669. Now, you will need to, when you call or text, to name the article that you are asking for and so you can't just sort of cheat and do yeah. it figure it out like oh you're about to go on so I'll call right now no you need to be able to name what it is that we are handing out for the day okay so Christopher what have we got to give away oh, today we have an amazing product on our hands right here this is a book entitled The First Lie it's by Barbara Weimer and essentially it goes into in depth into all of the topics that we've been looking at over the past few days about death if you're interested in learning a bit more about what happens when you die, the hope that we've been talking about at the resurrection uh, and the first lie that was told about death. If you want to learn all about about these things more in depth, then you will want to get your hands on this book. So make sure to call or text us in if you are interested in this. Okay, so give us a call and first caller through will be able to get a copy of this particular book right here. I also need to remember, remind you all if you are listening to the de- delayed broadcast and we welcome all of our listeners on the delayed broadcast. It feels kind of a little bit weird. I'm talking to you, to you tomorrow. <laughs> um, Hello, people but, in the future. Yes. <laughs> but we, 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 we love all of our listeners and we love you guys in particular. But if you would like to listen to the live show then you can listen to us live at faithfm.com.au or if you were in your car and you don't have access to faithfm.com.au then simply download the tune in app make sure you get the free version of it and you can listen to faith go to faith fm australia right there and once you get there you will be able to listen to us and maybe just bluetooth it through your uh, stereo system in your car or hook it up Amazing. via a uh, the, the, the ox, auxiliary cord, ox, the ox cord. <laughs> whatever it is whatever works well for you it has been just fantastic being able to join you on the radio today and we always look forward to your company in the morning and we will be back again tomorrow and christopher you're going to be here with us for a few more days yet i look forward to it and a, few more, a couple of more weeks, I think it is, that Christopher will be here. So we will get to know Christopher a little bit more as we go through the rest of our breakfast shows. We will get to ask him a few more questions, find out some more about who he is. But we have more great programming coming up right after this. You're listening to Faith FM.
Thank you.